You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Alright everybody, what's going on? What is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to another edition of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is, all of life is a matter of theology. Matter of Theology is a podcast production that stands for the sufficiency of scripture and seeks to show how scripture um, inerrantly, infallibly, sufficiently and authoritatively applies to everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do. My name is Chris. I am your host on behalf of the Christian Podcast Community and the Bar Podcast Network. We are grateful you've chosen to tune in to this episode. We pray that you are doing well and the truths of God's word applied by the Holy Spirit continue to form you more and more into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, a few things to note um, as of the recording of this episode of Matter of Theology. Uh, Matter of Theology does have a store on Bonfire, so check that out if you want some fun shirts, um, mugs, and uh, if you have any ideas for any kind of uh, any kind of uh, shirts or mugs or anything like that that you would like to see, shoot us a note, let us know, um, and uh, go head on over uh, to the Christian Podcast Community. Uh, there are some phenomenal podcasts on there. Um, our uh, one of our favorites on the Christian podcast community one we have multiple uh, would be Voice of Reason Radio with our brothers Richard Story and Mr. Chris Honholt so check them out and then of course head on over to the Bar Network that is the Biblical and Reformed Podcast Network. Uh, there's a whole host of podcasts over there to check out. Um, if you are listening to this before September of uh, 2023, um, uh, make sure you head on over to g3men.org. That's g3men, M-I-N dot O-R-G, and make sure you are registered for the 2023 G3 National Conference on the Sovereignty of God. Uh, Lord willing, um, I will be there. I am registered. Um, I am not sure if Drew's coming, uh, but I do know that the Bar Podcast Network is going to have a bunch of people there, uh, a lot of people uh, from the Christian podcast community as well. So we would love to see you. Make sure you get registered. Um, we don't have a code um, here at MOT. I missed the cutoff. This is my fault. So uh, you guys can just use Just Thinking's code. Uh, that's G3JT. That's G3JT. And you do get 30% off of your registration show. So head on over to G3men.org. Make your plans to join us in Atlanta in September of 2023. All right. Um, so uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I am recording this episode just a little bit after um, returning from uh, the 2023 Shepherds Conference. And so what I wanted to do here, I have no idea what I'm going to call this episode. Um, I'm going to do a little recap of ShepCon, and, um, but um, this is not going to be your typical um, conference recap. And uh, we're, you know, I talk about who I ran into and who I talked to and... Um, 
And, and I, you know, I, to be honest, I didn't take a ton of notes this time and that's, that's unusual for me. Um, but, um, and I'll explain why here in a second, but, but I got a lot to say and, um, in this episode and as the Lord is, um, really working on me, uh, personally right now, and this is going to be one of those episodes where just pretend I'm sitting there with you, wherever you are standing there with you, wherever you are. And I'm just talking to you and, telling you about what the Lord is doing in my life. And, um, and so that, that's kind of what this is going to be. I have some notes written down, uh, on a legal pad. Um, and uh, I thought about typing them out, but as you guys know, I love to write with fountain pens. I love that scratchy sound. Um, and I like to be able to write and slow down and then sit back in the chair and, (laughs) and just kind of think through, um, what I'm writing as, um, as, as this is actually take two of this recording. Uh, I did record this once already and sent it to my my good buddy, um, Alex Rodriguez, Bravo one as he's known. And, uh, Alex of course is, um, if you don't know, he's the pastor of, um, uh, a pastor, uh, the lead teaching pastor at, at the outpost Bible church in McHenry, Illinois. So if you're in Illinois, check out my boy, uh, check out the outpost. I promise you, I promise you those dear saints there, um, you will not be disappointed in checking out, um, the outpost Bible church. Uh, so I sent it to him and, uh, he's like, bro, send it. Um, but in listening back through it, um, I didn't really have my thoughts together. I had no notes and, and and I wanted to, I wanted to be linear with what I was talking about. And so I'm going to get into this. Um, and, um, and I just, I just, again, I want to just give you guys a peek into, uh, my heart, my life and what the Lord is doing right now. Um, and, um, and, and may, may the Lord use it however he wills, uh, may, to encourage, to admonish, to wh- whatever he wants to do. I, I, I just, um, I, I want to share with you guys, uh, who listen to MOT, just kind of what's going on. And, um, so, so just getting into this, um, as far as the 2023 shepherds conference, this is my third, uh, shepherds conference. And, um, I, I can remember back, um, a few years, ago, well, more than a few years ago, at least five or six years ago now, um, and just thinking, man, it would be incredible to to go one day. And so, um, for for this to be my my third one, I, I uh, am, am overwhelmed at at God's grace in being able to go. And if it weren't for um, the the graciousness of of a few different people, um, I wouldn't have been able to go on this trip. And uh, so right out of the gate, I just want to say thank you to Daryl and Melissa Harrison, um, for being just incredible hosts, um, the week I was out there and, um, and the, the, the time I had with, with them was, uh, invaluable. It was truly invaluable. So, um, but, um, the first time I went, uh, to, just trying to stick to my notes here. Um, the first time I went to uh, the shepherd's conference, um, was in 2019 and I was just, uh, in awe. I was overwhelmed, um, with finally being able to, to be there. You know, you just, you, uh, for, for you guys who don't know, um, and you're going to hear, by the way, pause for a second, time out. Um, you're going to hear a lot of that, like this pausing and, and me taking a breath and, uh, as again, I'm just wanting to have a conversation and just, just express to you what, what the Lord, uh, is doing and has done. Um, so, so you're going to hear a lot of that. So anyway, back to 2019 and being able to go and, 
um, being able to be there at, uh, at Grace Community Church was was huge um, for me. And I'd been uh, obviously influenced by by Pastor John MacArthur and um, through his books and through the ministry of Grace to You and listening to sermons, um, et cetera, so on and so forth, like I know a great many of you have. And but but to be there on campus was was different for me uh, because if you guys don't know, um, and is my family uh, my, on my wife's side? Uh, my my in laws are from Southern California. Um, my wife spent the first twelve years of her life at Grace Community Church, um, and they were they were very involved. Um, and even after uh, they moved to the Metro Atlanta area. Um, they still had extended family that were there and friends. And uh, so to to be there um, after hearing so much about it for the first time in 2019 was huge. And and if you've ever gone uh, or, or, I mean, you've listened to any of the episodes where, where um, I have recapped and then last year, Chris Honholtz and I roomed together. And so we did a recap together. Uh, you, you'll hear me talk about the the incredible volunteers at Grace. Um, and this year was no different. Um, uh, brothers and sisters, the, the dear saints at Grace Community Church literally look forward to Shepherd's Conference Week um, all year. Um, they, they plan their, uh, their work schedules around it. They plan their vacation time around it, um, all for an opportunity to come and to, uh, to serve and to um, uh, to to pour out and and take care of uh, the men who are attending the conference, and this year was no different. Uh, this year was no different. There there was there was not a volunteer that I saw. Everyone from people handing out food and snacks to emptying trash to doing security that did not have a smile on their face or wouldn't take a second to greet you. Uh, excuse me and. So I was, I was just overwhelmed by that. I had never experienced something like that the first time I went. And, uh, and then of course there was an, an appreciation and affection, uh, for, for, for John, right? How beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. Uh, Paul said in first Corinthians, and I believe it was first Corinthians. If I'm wrong about that, well, show me some grace. Cause I don't have that one written down. <laughs> so I couldn't believe I was there. Um, and just so overwhelmed. There was so much to take in. You've got, um, you know, you the first then the first year that I went, it was it was it wasn't three days, it was four days, and so it's four days of um, of of drinking from a fire hose um, from the scriptures, from the Word of God, as as these 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 faithful men and pastors um, got up and would herald and proclaim um, our Master's message uh, to all the men gathered, and so there was that aspect of it, and then. Um, the books, you know, uh, the book tent. Let me, you know, I thought about this today. I don't know about you guys, but I drove by near our house. There's a middle school and, um, and I saw a sign for, uh, the book fair and I can remember being in elementary school and I loved the book fair. Now, when I was younger, I didn't like to read. I love to read now. Um, when I think about free time, it's like, okay, what biographies can I read? Um, like the stack right now that I'm reading, you guys can't see it, but uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
nine books that I'm, I'm reading right now and I'm really trying to be diligent and stick to those nine, but I just got back from Shepherd's Conference and they give you a whole box of books and the books this year had Charnock and Horatius Bonar and John Owen and John Piper and uh, John MacArthur and <laughs> so many others. And then, um, of course, I, I, I bought a few books as well. So um, I, I've always loved book fairs and book tents. And so the first time you go, you walk into this huge tent and you're just like, books everywhere. And so it's overwhelming. So there was a lot that I missed, um, uh, missed out on. There was a lot that, that drew went with me that year. There was a lot we got to do. We got to have breakfast the Saturday following with Steve Lawson before we flew home. And, uh, and so that was, that was fantastic to be able to meet Dr. Lawson and, and talk with him. Uh, about the, the whole point of that was the possibility of attending the master seminary. So, um, so fast forward to last year, 2022, it's my second time going and, um, and it was like, okay, I'm back. I'm not a rookie anymore. And I know kind of what to, what to expect, um, but not all at the same time. And, and last year was just a time to slow down and, um, uh, uh, you know, so it was, it was kind of cool also because they're just the Lord and his graciousness through the wonders of technology, um, you know, since, since 2019 through 2022, um, I've been privileged to meet so many and interact with on social media and, um, and, and, and things in person as well with, with dear brothers and dear, dear, uh, friends. Um, and so to, for all of us to be able to gather in, in one place, um, reconnect, um, maybe connect for the first time. Um, that part is just overwhelming. Um, and then, you know, I haven't, I haven't really talked much about this, but, um, and then, you know, last year I, I did have the opportunity, um, through, through a dear brother and a dear friend and being able to help him out actually, uh, to be able to spend roughly 30 to 45 minutes with Dr. MacArthur and, um, in an environment where it was just a few of us and, um, you know, got him to, to sign something and initial something and, uh, and talk with him, get a picture with him and, and just to say, thank you. Um, you know, it wasn't, I'm going to get into this here in a little bit, but, uh, I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it again later, but it wasn't hero worship. It wasn't anything like that. It was just an appreciation, uh, for John. And, uh, and so then last year as well, I, I stayed through the Lord's day. So being able to attend Lord's day service at grace, um, was just a, just a blessing and a privilege. So that, that brings us to this year. Um, and by the way, if you hear music playing in the background, I have, uh, I'm not going to turn it off. I thought about it. I was like, nah, I'm going to leave it. Um, I got some piano hymns playing and, um, so yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, so if you hear that, that's what it is. So this year, um, you know, first year was in all. Second year was slow down. Um, this year, the word is cathartic. Um, cathartic. And that came from, again, from Bravo One, from, from Alex and talking with him. And um, as he spent uh, um, uh, an exuberant amount of time uh, praying for me and, um, and, uh, encouraging me and, um, and I'll get into some more of that here in a little bit, but, 
Um, so it's cathartic. And, and if you don't know what cathartic is, it's, it's, it's medicine. Uh, a definition of it is medicine. Um, and there's, th- 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 there are a few things from a medicine standpoint that, 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 that this, that the Lord started before I left and it culminated there and has continued since being back. And that's one of the reasons I didn't, I didn't record something right away. Um, so, so I'm not going to get into, you know, the messages and, and, uh, stuff like that of, of what I heard. Although I will say you need to listen to them. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing I do want to talk about, um, um, is, is man, um, just the faithfulness of Dr. MacArthur. Um, I, I do want to talk about that, um, at this year's conference. And then I'm going to get into, cause, cause this, this plays into, this plays into, um, what the Lord has been doing and is doing in me. So, um, John, um, John was, was, um, scheduled to just like every year he was scheduled to open the conference, um, and with, with the initial sermon and, Unfortunately, uh, in 2023, um, it's been a rough year from a health standpoint for John. He's 83 years old. He's been the, the pastor teacher of Grace Community Church for 80, or excuse me, 80, I was going to say 84 years, but he's only 83. How does that work, Chris? For 54 years. And uh, he's had a rough year. He had to have a heart procedure done at the beginning of this year. And uh, just before the conference, unfortunately, he did he did fall and um, hit his head and, uh, made him sick and he broke his wrist. And so it is at his doctor's request and his family's request. Um, and, and I affirm this, it's like, I know, I know this kills you, man. Um, as a man with an unction in his bones to herald God's word, especially at shepherd's conference, you need to sit this one out. And, um, and so, uh, he did sit the first day out, <laughs> But uh, he did a Q&A uh, the second day and closed the conference with an hour and 10 minute um, amazing exposition of Zechariah chapters 12 through 14. And so uh, just just a picture of, of faithfulness and a picture of, of a man who uh, continues to model Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to get into that here in just a little bit. But... Um, you know, let, let me just, let me just say this about, about Dr. MacArthur. You know, he's, uh, I, I don't live in California. I don't attend Grace Community Church. So, um, let me be clear. John is not my pastor. Um, he's not, he, uh, but I am beyond grateful. I mean, absolutely beyond grateful to the Lord for blessing us, um, Myself, my family, so many of you who are listening with an elder statesman like Dr. John MacArthur. I am beyond grateful, absolutely beyond grateful to the Lord for John's shepherding influence in my life and in the lives of my family and so many of you. Um, This is not hero worship, beloved. This is not hero worship. This is, I've said it multiple times, but it, it bears repeating. It's appreciation it's admiration, it's, it's a love, and it's a respect for a man who has boldly, courageously, faithful, faithfully, and consistently 
heralded the truths found in the scriptures behind a sacred desk for over five decades. And at 83 years of age, and after everything he's experienced in 2023, he, he ascended to that pulpit and he confidently and firmly and clearly and lovingly delivered uh, a message that um, I will not soon forget. As of the recording of this episode, that message is available to listen to. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I am thankful uh, to Dr. MacArthur and am praying that the uh, Lord Jesus Christ would continue to strengthen him uh, as I know he has uh, much more on his heart that he, uh, through the word, uh, that he wants to to bring to us. So um, what an example of, of faithfulness and tenderness and care um, uh, for Christ's sheep and the shepherds of those sheep. Uh, while I am not a shepherd, uh, as far as a pastor or an elder, um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm thankful. I'm thankful for John. So, um, so, um, yeah, I, this is one of those moments where I'm like, well, I wasn't going to talk about the sermons. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to just flipping through the notes that I did take. Um, no, not going to, not going to, you guys can go listen to him because this isn't, this isn't about that. This is about what the Lord is doing in me. Um, so I said it was cathartic. Okay. And, um, like I'm going to be a little vulnerable, uh, in this episode. Um, it was cathartic because one of the, one of the, the, the evidences of, of medicine that is cathartic is it rids your body of, of toxins, Okay, I'm not going to get into how because that's kind of gross, but um, but it rids your body of of toxins and um, cathartic is a good word um, because the the Lord is working on me and ridding my heart of toxins um, toxins from the past toxins of discontentment um, toxins of looking back trying to absolve myself of guilt from sin and, um, and, uh, cathartic and, and ridding the, my, my, my heart of toxins of discontentment with present circumstances that, uh, that were distracting from the mercies given by Christ to conform me into his image, you know? And, and it's so interesting when, when we start sharing stuff like this, especially on this kind of platform, because there's that temptation to go, Oh, what are people going to think about this? Um, but you know, brothers and sisters, I think there are a lot of us out there that are wrestling with this and struggle with this. Um, so I pray that this is, uh, helpful and, and admonishing to you if you're wrestling with that, because look, we all wrestle with sin. All of us, we all sin for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We still wrestle with the flesh. We still wrestle with temptation. We still wrestle with those things in our lives. But brothers and sisters, why did the Lord Jesus Christ come? Now, the apostle Paul said in first Corinthians chapter 15 in a very, very famous passage. And if you have your copy of God's word, grab it because I'm going to be all over the place. 
Paul said now, starting in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, Now I make known to you, brothers, the gospel, which I proclaimed is good news to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to the word, which I proclaim to you as good news, unless you believed for nothing. Verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Why did Christ come? He came to live the life that we couldn't. He came to die the death that we deserved. Our sin was imputed to him, his righteous life imputed onto us, his life credited to our account. Christ came to live, to die, to be raised and to ascend at the right hand of God for the forgiveness of sins. So that being the case, let me put, put a pin in that for a second and then um, flip, flip over to Luke chapter four, just for a minute. Um, and I'm going to flip there as well. And so Luke chapter four, and after the temptation of, of our Lord, uh, the Bible says, um, and when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Okay. Until an opportune time. As a reminder, uh, beloved, that the devil is God's devil. Okay. Um, think, think to the story of Job. You know, the Lord is the one who said, have you considered my servant Job? So this is, you know, before the conference, I'd, I'd, I'd been really praying. My wife had been praying uh, for me. She knew I was wrestling with some of this, some of this stuff that I'm going to talk about today uh, before really I, I did. And, um, and so so here I am at the conference and uh, just connecting with old friends, meeting new friends um, and receiving encouragement and edification on, on people enjoying matter of theology and, and, um, and, and just interactions that we've had, just the, some brotherly affection for one another. And um, Thursday, the third, you know, the second day of the conference that, that afternoon, uh, there was an opportune time where, um, where through, how do I say this and say this truthfully, um, through the, um, through the sin of others. Yeah, through the through the sin of others and through the um, through through the communication of, uh, of 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 someone dear to me, um, uh, th- there was there was an opportune time for me to be tempted to look back even more than I already was at and dwell on um, uh, guilt of the past to dwell on discontentment. Um, and, uh, that, that, there, there it was, it was there. And, um, thankfully, thankfully though, um, 
the Lord used this um, through conversations beforehand, through things that I had read in scripture uh, for this not to be not to be the opportune time I think maybe that the enemy wanted or the opportune time that it could have been where it could have just thrust me farther into just being discontent and farther into into to tying a millstone around my neck that um that that, that there was no way that I, I can't do and and so let's let's get into that let's so here here are a few of the things let me just keep moving because it might sound kind of cryptic and I'm not meaning to, um, but I don't want to get into details, but I just, this will explain it. So here are a few things that the Lord is, uh, did and is doing in me. And so, and, and the first of which is, is forgiveness. The word forgiveness, forgiveness is from the Lord. Um, Forgiveness is uh, uh, first and foremost granted unto us when, when, when the Holy Spirit quickens our heart, when regeneration happens. Um, we've, we've talked about soteriology, the ordo salutis um, here on Matter of Theology a bunch. When we are granted repentance, when we're granted regeneration and faith, when the Lord gives, shows on us and applies the effectual call to our hearts and to our lives, in that moment, we we receive forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins, past, present, and future, forgiveness from the Lord. However, as we continue to wrestle with sin, as we continue to be tempted, as we can by, by our own flesh, and we give into that temptation, when we when we engage in any sort of act that that is uh, grievous and angers God, um, we approach God. We repent of that sin. First and foremost, we we confess that sin to the Lord. We've talked about the doctrine of repentance. We've talked about the mortification of sin on matter of theology for a reason. Brothers and sisters, we've done it for a reason. Because John Owen, it's not just a pithy saying that to be killing your sin or your sin will be killing you. It is the truth. We've all experienced it. And that's the reason we've talked about that so much. But so, so when we do sin against the Lord and sin against others, we confess that sin to the Lord. James says that we are to confess our sins to one another, especially if we sin against uh, someone. And if they are a believer, they are commanded and, and Lord willing will extend that forgiveness that's, um, uh, that, that is, that is being, being, asked for. And, and when we do, by the way, when we do sin against someone, is isn't just say, Hey, we, we don't just say we're sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, sorry. I sinned against you. It's like, no, please, please forgive me. Please. I've sinned against the Lord and I've sinned against you. I am sorry. I am grieved that I have broken the heart of God and, and I have gone against his word and I'm grieved that I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. And and again, Lord willing, forgiveness is extended. But then there's there's another step in this and it's, I want to be careful here, but you you need to forgive yourself. Meaning that, meaning that, we feel the weight of our sin. We feel the weight of the desire for the deeds committed against Christ, against a holy God. And we use that weight, that guilt, we use it as fuel for repentance and mortification of those desires and deeds that are contra scripture, contra to the heart of God, that 
that bring reproach upon the name of God. And after forgiveness is, after repentance is given and forgiveness is extended from the Lord and from others, there's, there are some things that we need to realize that the Bible says about, about sin and how the Lord looks at that sin from this point forward. So grab your copy of God's words, turn to, let's turn, we're going to be at a couple different places. First of all, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, 11 through 13. Scripture says, um, for as high, think about this, think about this imagery, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, that is that is how far the Lord has separated our transgressions from us. That's that's a long way, and the reason it's worded that way is because it's infinite. You you I mean you go. <laughs> you try to go from the east to the west and then you end up in the east again and then you end up in the west again and that's the purpose of that imagery is it's separated that far now turn over to second samuel chapter 12 second samuel 12 this is when uh, yahweh sends uh, the prophet nathan to confront david um as as you know david committed this this sin with bathsheba this adultery and then he had uh, Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed, and David or Nathan confronts David and listen. Listen to verse twelve, um, and um, and and this is this is incredible. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Second Samuel twelve verse thirteen. Then David said to Nathan, "I have sinned against Yahweh." There's the confession, and Nathan said to David, "Yahweh has also taken." also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. That's, that's important to remember that, that through Christ, Yahweh, God, um, uh, our, our sins have been imputed. I've said it earlier, imputed unto him. He's taken away that we have forgiveness in that through Christ. Now, there are consequences, as we see with David. Uh, Nathan says in verse 14, however, because uh, because by this deed you have given occasion to the enemies of Yahweh to blaspheme, the son also that is born to you shall surely die. And, and that's the son that, that uh, David had, um, and, and he did. He did. Uh, verse, uh, verse uh, the end of verse 15, then Yahweh smote the child that Uriah's wife bore to David. And so he was very sick. He was upset. He was distraught about that. But there are consequences to our sin. But but verse 13, Yahweh also has taken away your sin. Okay, Isaiah. Let's flip over to Isaiah. Um, where did it? There you are, Isaiah. Um, Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 17. As you guys can hear, I am flipping through my Bible. Um, as I'm, again, I just, I'm, I love doing this. It's it's so easy to look, you know, look it up online and just have it ready. But um, but I wanted to do this. I want to see these verses. I want to be able to recall them in this way. 
uh, Isaiah 38, 17, and then um, go ahead and queue up Isaiah 43, 25 as well. But um, Isaiah 38, 17, behold, um, behold, for my own well-being, I had great bitterness, but it is you, capital U, um, the prophet talking about the Lord here, um, who has held back my soul from the pit of nothingness. For you have cast all my sins behind your back, behind your back, behind the back of Yahweh. And then, and then Isaiah 43 and verse 25, I, even I, this is the Lord speaking. I, even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. Think about that. God through Christ is the one that wipes away our sins, our transgressions before him for his own sake, for his own glory. And I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. In Christ, our forgiveness is final. In Christ, our forgiveness is full in Christ. That is the foundation. Our forgiveness, the forgiveness extended by God, by Yahweh is the foundation, the foundation of everything we do as the burden of that, the, the, the punishment that we deserve, the wrath that we deserve because of our sin has been paid for in full at the cross through the shed blood of Christ, through the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, in Second Corinthians 5, in verse 21, very familiar verse, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now that does not mean, brothers and sisters, that does not mean that we can just go and just do whatever we want with who, whomever we want um, and, and assume upon the grace of the Lord. As Paul would say, may it never be. No, no, no. But it is because of that grace, because of that forgiveness that we dare to be holy as, as Bishop J.C. Ryle states in holiness as 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 we it, it, this should drive us to that and we love him because he first loved us so brothers and sisters we should rest in this truth we should rest there okay so i'm going to come back to all of this just keep that in mind so there's the first thing forgiveness forgiveness Okay, but then that well, it's not the first thing. We'll say that's point one of forgiveness. No, I don't have an outline here. I just have notes written down to keep me on track. So there's something else that um, that goes along with this, and uh, so I guess it's it's forgiveness part two, um, and that's that's this wondrous and difficult truth for all of us to swallow uh, sometimes. And check this out. I mean, brothers and sisters, because of the great mercy that we've been shown, we should be and are commanded to be very, very quick to show grace and forgiveness to others. And we see that. We see that through passages of scripture like Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians four, 
Starting in verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Verse 32, instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, graciously forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiven you. I love the way the LSB renders that. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, graciously forgiving, just as, as God in Christ has also graciously, graciously forgiven you. So we flip over to um, Colossians. And uh, Colossians, first of all, uh, just to continue along with this reminder of what Christ has done for us, um, we see in Colossians 2, and this also is mirrored in Ephesians 2, um, but Colossians 2 and verse 13, you being dead in your transgressions and, uh, lost my place, sorry, and you being dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, having graciously forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us he also has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross okay all that said the next chapter in our chapters but the next section in this letter to the church uh, uh, of the Colossians in chapter 3, we see that we are, well, let's start in verse 12. So is the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and graciously forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Did you hear that? Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord graciously forgave you, so also should you. We have been shown grace upon grace, mercy upon mercy, patience and long-suffering. And in turn, we should be mirroring that to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the thing, you know, I know that, that there were in some circles a while back, I'm not sure when this was, but a debate as far as, well, you know, do, are we commanded to forgive even if people don't ask for it? And there were believers that were saying, that was saying, no, you're not, you don't have to forgive if they don't ask for it. And I'll say this to that. What did Christ model for us? Forgive them. They know not what they do. The first martyr, Stephen, um, said the exact same thing. Forgive them. They know not what they do. So we're to show love and mercy. Even if you don't think it's deserved or asked for. Because we've been forgiven much. Because we've been forgiven much. We are to forgive Flip over to Matthew 18, 
Matthew 18, starting in verse 21, the Bible says, uh, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who was owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. Therefore, the slave fell to the ground and was prostrating himself before him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And feeling compassion, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and was pleading with him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way? that I had mercy on you and his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your hearts. Brothers and sisters, we forgive because we've been forgiven. Our debt has been canceled. It's been paid for. At the It's been nailed. It's It's been moved out of the way, Paul said in Colossians 2. It's been nailed to the cross. We should be quick to forgive because our brothers and sisters that sin against us, that sin has also been nailed to the cross. Who are we to try to take it down? Who are we to try to catch that sin before it's separated as far as the east is from the west? Who are we to think that we can go behind the back of the Lord and get that sin and bring it back forward, bring it back to the front, as Isaiah said. The Lord says, he, 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 I remember your sins no more. So, brothers and sisters, we are to forgive. And when we say we, are, we, we forgive, we don't then turn into hypocrites and, and, um, <laughs> and choke <laughs> And choke our, our, our brothers and sisters and say, pay back what you owe. We did so much for you. No. We don't resurrect and or re-problematize even if we were wronged. We don't resurrect or re-problematize confessed, repentant, and forgiven sin. To do so is to an attempt an attempt to undo what the Lord has done, to sneak behind his back as if we could. We forgive and it stays there. We don't weaponize that sin. We don't hold it over them. 
That's not what we do. If someone has sinned against us, we forgive them and we move on. And why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we love the Lord and, and, and we've been forgiven much. Now, that reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's flip over there real quick. The Apostle Paul writes, If I speak in the, with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all knowledge, then if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I, have, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous, does not brag, is not puffed up. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things endures all things. Love hopes all things. We don't... (sighs) That's me thinking, by the way. (laughs) It doesn't take... Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices with the truth. Amen. Amen. So brothers and sisters, I mean, what do we do? You know, let's, let's very briefly and talk about this. And I may, I may do an episode on, uh, bearing one another's burdens out of Galatians six. Uh, I, I preached a sermon on this a few years ago and still have my notes from that. And so I may, I may unpack this a little bit more in, in the coming weeks, but if someone is, uh, does sin against us or is caught in sin, how do we respond? As, as Paul said in Galatians 6, brothers, even if anyone, there's that word, anyone, that, that, uh, anyone again, anyone means anyone, <laughs> um, anyone in, in, in the house of God and, and a brother or sister in Christ is caught in any transgression, any sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one of you looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Now, um, theologians, I remember in my preparation for that sermon that, you know, theologians differ as far as what that temptation is. Is that temptation to fall into the sin or the transgression that the person was caught in? Or is it the temptation to maybe look down their nose at that person or uh, treat them differently because of that sin? Um, of course, again, there are consequences, but, um, but, um, but, but, but theologians and scholars differ on, on what that tempted really, really gets to. But here's the key. We're to restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work uh, that he will have re- no re- he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. And uh, we're, we're to bear one another's burdens, especially for, for the repentant sinner. 
we are, we're to come up underneath them. Yeah, I'm going to do an episode on that where we talk about what that means to come up underneath someone and shoulder that burden with them. And there's a reason that we do that. So, um, and then lastly, before I move on to kind of my last point and start to wrap up here, but uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, um, in keeping with the spirit of Ephesians 4, um, 31 and 32, but Romans chapter 12 takes it a step further. We graciously forgive, but then, but then check this out. Um, verse, well, uh, Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. By abhorring what is evil, clinging to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in affliction, being devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Being devoted to one another, brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, outdo one another with brotherly affection. That's just a very, 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 very small um, picture, if you will, of how we are to forgive and treat our brothers and sisters in Christ um, who have repented. Um, initially, you know, as far as at salvation positionally, but then progressively in sanctification. And if they fall and fail as well, because we all will, and we all do. So that's, that's just, again, a small picture of forgiveness parts one and two, uh, what that looks like. So hearkening back to the first part of this and this, uh, forgiveness that, that we've received from the Lord forgiveness that we receive from others, um, so what, what do we do as let's say, let's say it's you that has, has fallen. You've sinned all of, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. I mentioned that earlier. Um, and let's, let's say, but there, there's, there's something that happened in your life that where you, you fell, you messed up, you screwed up and, and you sinned, you gave in to temptation. Um, regardless of what it is, it can be a lie. It can be you stole something. It could be the worst sin imaginable. Uh, as far as, as you know, I mean, just just fill in the blank, whatever it is. So, but if repentance is granted, um, how what what do we do from there? And this is this kind of brings me to what the Lord is doing in me now. Um, and uh, so, Paul, uh, again, the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter three. Uh, verses 12 through 14. The Apostle Paul says, not, hang on, the Bible's kind of far away. Let me get closer. <laughs> not that I've already obtained it or I've already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So a couple of things to note here. 
is uh, we see that that phrase in the Greek, and it's one word in the Greek, but uh, press on. We see it in verse twelve. We see it in verse fourteen. And and Paul here is using the analogy, the the picture of a runner, a sprinter. Here, when he's saying, "I press on," not that I've already attained it, not that I've become perfect. Um, that shoots the whole sinless perfectionism down right there. But he says, I press on. I, I, with every ounce of energy I have, straining with every single possible spiritual muscle I can muster under the power of the Holy Spirit, according to the word of God, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. That's, that's Christ, the Christ likeness in the here and now. And, and our aim is to be Christ like our aim is to be conformed more and more into the image of our Lord. Romans eight twenty nine, until the day he either calls us home or returns. But he's, he's, it's, it's an energetic action. He's straining towards. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, that's like, if you hear nothing else, hear the one thing that I do here, he's about to lay out here. He's about to lay out one of, whoops, one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest formulas as far as progressive sanctification that you will find in all of scripture. One thing I do, the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. So he's saying, I'm, I'm forgetting it. And now remember Paul's background. Paul was the Hebrew of Hebrews, right? He laid out who he was and his background. But successes and failures, don't dwell on them. We can't have one eye forward and one eye looking back. And let me just be real with you guys. That's where I've been. One eye forward, one eye on what the Lord is doing in and through me, and one eye looking back. As I was preparing for this, my uh, you know my my study um, brought me to to Luke. I just I just finished Luke chapter nine, Luke, and and actually just finished John. Just started Acts, but in Luke nine, let me flip over there in verse sixty two. Uh, Luke nine, oh, there's another page. There's a lot of verses in, in Luke nine, <laughs> 62 of them. And this is the co- the co- the section here that the legacy standard Bible has. This section is the cost of following Jesus. And, um, and here we see is uh, the Bible says in verse 57, starting in verse 57. And, and as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say farewell to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
So brothers and sisters, Paul here is saying in, in, in Philippians 3, I, I, I don't consider myself as having laid hold of the prize yet, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Remember, remember what Isaiah said about our sin? Maybe, maybe you're listening to this and, and there has been egregious sin in your life. And I pray that the Lord has granted you repentance. I pray that you've sought, you've confessed that sin to him. You've confessed it to someone else. And if you've sinned against someone, that you've confessed that sin to them. And um, and and that you've extended, for, if someone's offended you, you've extended forgiveness to them. Um, regardless of where you find yourself, whether you've been wronged or you've, di- you've done the wrong. Because all of us have been or will be there again where we will sin and we will offend someone. We will sin against someone. But remember what the Lord said in Isaiah. I remember your sin no more. I remember your transgression no more. And look at what Paul's saying right here, forgetting what lies behind. Successes and failures, brothers and sisters. Do not dwell on sins that have been paid for. Learn from them. Yes, learn from them. And unfortunately, with the sin in our lives, sin has consequences. And so we may have to live with those consequences for the rest of our lives on this side of eternity. But brothers and sisters, we don't dwell there. Don't give the enemy an opportune time to have you dwell on the past while the Lord wants you looking at him, looking at his word, and looking to what he's doing in your life right now. You can't and you shouldn't dwell on the sins and the failures that have been forgiven, whether they're yours or whether they're others. So then Paul goes on to say in verse 14, I press on. There's that press on again. I strive just to think of, I've heard Stephen Lawson, Dr. Stephen J. Lawson, uh, uh, president of One Passion Ministries and the, the lead teaching pastor at Trinity Bible Church in Dallas, Texas. He, he in, in talking about this verse, he said that it, it's like the, the leaning of a sprinter, right? Or, or you can think about it like a, you are reaching forward with everything you have every like you your life depends on it like you have whatever that thing is you're reaching for and and here's what it should be christ i was recently listening to a sermon by alex rodriguez bravo one um from the outpost bible church on repentance and he was talking about that he was talking about repentance and he was talking about are you repentant because you're just sorry of the consequences or are you repentant because you've offended a holy god and because you love jesus christ because if you have, if it's the latter, not the former, you love Christ, press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press on. Press on towards Christ likeness here and now with your eyes set on eternity as we are citizens of heaven. And as the Bishop, as Bishop JC Ryle said in holiness, dare to be holy, mortify the evil desires that you have for deeds of the flesh, 
and walk in his grace, giving him praise with every breath you take. Echoing the, the Apostle Paul's words in Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Verse 36, for from him and through him and to him are all things and to him be the glory forever. Amen. So just wanted to have a conversation with you guys and do a little different Shepcon re- recap as the Lord is, like I said, the Lord is really, really doing some, some great stuff right now in me. And, but it's painful at the same time, right? Pruning always is. But, um, you know, there, there are times, there are times in, in what we do, um, on matter of theology, obviously where we call out false teaching and we, we, we see these things in the church and we see these things in culture and we know that they're not right. And so we call them out. They're things publicly, right? They're public teaching and, and public things that are out there that could, could, um, affect the feathery Christians or, or, or zeal for your house has consumed me. You know, we see the, we care about the, the, uh, the sanctity and the, the purity of Christ's bride. And so we want to address those things and there's a time for that, but then there's a time to be real. Well, not, not that that's not real, but there's a time to be open and say, Hey, we, not that I've obtained it because I haven't. Not that I have all the answers, not that we have all the answers, not that we are perfect, not that we, you know, we know exactly how it needs to be done in the church and in culture. No, no, we are sinners saved by grace and we wrestle just like you do with the flesh. And so when there are times when the Lord is working on us, I think we need to talk about those times and we need to be honest about those times and we need to, we need to open up and share. You know, I mean, one of the things that, uh, right, that I've started saying in our introduction and you guys hear it, you guys hear it now every, every episode is, you know, we're a matter of theology is a podcast production that stands for the infallibility and errancy sufficient sufficiency and the authority, the authority of scripture and how it, how it sufficiently and authoritatively and infallibly, infallibly and inerrantly applies to everything we think, say, and do. This is one of those times. And we, we, so, so often in, in podcast land, it's, we, we don't do that and that's okay. That's okay for, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to condemn anybody who hasn't, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when the Lord is doing that, we need to talk about it. And we need to be honest and we need to examine the scriptures as we're examining our lives, not against one another, but against what the Bible says. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I pray, I sincerely pray that it's, it's, uh, it's been encouraging to you. Um, and, uh, let me know what you think. Shoot me a, shoot me a note on, uh, on the socials. Um, and, uh, and let me know. Let me know what you think. So, uh, got some cool stuff coming. Still working on the doctrine of sin part two, and this is all playing into that by the way. So, um, that, and, uh, I'm thinking as well, we, we need to, um, we need to address, uh, the next thing we want to address is, uh, is gossip and slander. Um, 
we need to unpack that. What does the Bible say about those things? Not, not, not how does the world define it, but how does the Bible define it? Um, and what, what can we learn from that and how do we need to examine our own hearts and our own lives um, when it comes to gossip and slander? So that that's coming soon. Anyway, thanks for listening to me uh, for this last hour. Uh, again, praying for you. Love you. We'll see you in the next one.